Everyone needs a pastor. A visit to the pastor's study brings biblically faithful pastoral ministry to you and help from those with proven experience in Christian service. We want you to be part of the program during the 30 minutes ahead. To visit the pastor's study today, text your question at 516-367-0391. Again, that's 516-367-0391. Now welcome to today's Visit to the Pastor's Study with Pastor Bill Shishko. And I am your host, Pastor Bill Shishko, here with you. We invite your calls. If you're listening on Saturday, the live call in number 631-955-5400. That's for Saturday calls only. However, anytime during the week, we invite your questions. You can text them at 516-367-0391. The Protestant reformer Martin Luther was once asked, what his first thoughts would be when he arrived in heaven. And his response was that first, he would be amazed that he was there. Uh, Second, he'd be amazed that many were there that he never thought would be there. And third, that many would not be there whom he thought would be there. Well, it's that third one that's scary. In heaven, many will not be there whom he thought, and I'd add they thought, would be there. And Jesus himself did say, in reminding us of the day of judgment to come after he returns from heaven, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many, and that's the scary word, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, says Jesus, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Now, to be very frank, you can profess to be a Christian and even a Christian minister of some sorts, but if your life is not one of obedience to the Lord, you shouldn't have any assurance that you're a true Christian. A profession of faith in Jesus as Lord and possession of true faith in Jesus as Lord simply aren't the same thing. And because the issue is an eternity of either heaven or hell, we'd better be sure that we not only profess faith in Jesus Christ, but also possess true faith in him. Now, we need to be aware that many things can cause a very genuine Christian to doubt his or her standing with God. Some people are more constitutionally melancholy than others. The song of their lives is more in a minor key than a major one. They're somewhat like Puddle Glum in C.S. Lewis's Narnia Chronicles book, The Silver Chair. Read the book, and you'll know what I mean by Puddle Glum. Bouts of depression will cause even the most genuine Christian to have doubts about his or her right standing with God. Special assaults from the devil, like Christians' battle with Apollyon in Pilgrim's Progress, they'll bring doubts to a true Christian because the devil is a liar, a slanderer, a deceiver, and a destroyer. He loves to attack the faith of those who follow or are trying to follow Christ as the captain of their salvation. And eruptions of remaining indwelling sin will cause the best of Christians, especially the most sensitive ones, to wonder if they've really been delivered from the state of sin and death and transferred by God's grace into the state of holiness and life. But how do we know the difference between these kinds of things that can rock the assurance of the most genuine Christian and things that indicate that we're not true believers in Christ at all? 
Am I a true Christian? Now, that's our discussion on today's visit to the pastor's study. We have a caller who struggles with assurance of salvation, and we'll be speaking with her in a moment. But for this huge topic, I have another pastor who happens to be one of my sons to help both her and you as we tackle the question, am I a true Christian? Pastor Jonathan Shishko, one of the pastors of Reformation Presbyterian Church in Fresh Meadows, Queens, New York. Welcome again to a visit to the pastor's study. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me on the show. Great to have you back with us again. Before we get to our caller, Pastor John, now be honest. Have you wrestled with assurance of your salvation? I have on uh, really two different occasions. Both of them were um, acute situations. It's not something I struggle with on a day-to-day basis, but on two different uh, points in my life, I struggled with whether or not I was a Christian, whether or not my, my whole professing life as a Christian was just the sort of hypocrisy that's spoken about in the New Testament. And um, those are things that I've had to battle through and have learned some coping mechanisms and ways to fight through the the uh, the doubt, which is really what it comes down to. Oh. So you could be of help to our caller. I hope so, yes. I hope so, too, and I'm sure you will be. Our caller on today's open forum is regular listener Kathy from Patchogue, Long Island, right here in New York. Hey, Kathy, glad to have you with Hi. us today. Hi, Pastor Shisko. Hi, Pastor Jonathan. Hey, nice to speak with you. So, Kathy, talk to us about your struggles with your assurance that you're a genuine Christian. Well, I think what Pastor Jonathan just said, you know, just hit home with me. I don't want to be a hypocrite. Um, I I can look in the Bible, and I can find so many passages of reassurance, um, and just that they're there, you know, makes me feel reassured. But then, I, you know, I start to think about things, and as a parent, um, I would forgive my children for anything, you know, as long as they're truly repentant, and even if they're not, probably, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, But I just feel like when I ask God for forgiveness, I ask Him to, you know, for a blanket forgiveness for the things that maybe I don't remember, to bring them to the surface, the things that, you know, I should remember. Um, I'm trying, I don't want to, I I don't want to self-deceive myself. Yeah, okay. I appreciate that. You know, Kathy, important to remind you and to remind all of our listeners of this wonderful biblical teaching called justification by faith alone in Christ alone. It's a legal term. To be justified is to be declared not guilty. And when you turned to Christ as your Savior and your Lord, and when any of you listening turn to Christ as your Savior and your Lord. You turn from sin and self to him, and you are united with him by grace through faith. You are justified. You are declared righteous. You have the the righteousness of Christ reckoned to you and received by faith alone, and you have full forgiveness of all of your sins. Now, now, Kathy, does that, that register with you when I mention that? It does register with me. Okay. But and of course, you know, there's always a, a a but, and then you sin again. You know, you, you, we can't help sinning. I understand that we're human, but sometimes it's the same sin. Sometimes, honestly, you confess it, and you're thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this again. Um, 
I, you know, I hope I'm not, but I think I'm, you know, I might. And I, I just feel like God must be just thinking, you know, you're not sorry enough if you keep doing it. And of course, I know that the Christian's life is one of obedience, and, and you're trying to be, I'm trying to be obedient, but things come up. Yeah. Life is, is complicated. Yeah, there's where Kathy, Romans chapter 7, it's so encouraging. I always say, don't take that away from me as a Christian or from you as a Christian, because that's exactly what the Apostle Paul says. He says, the good things that I want to do, I find myself not doing them, and the things that I know I shouldn't do, I find myself doing them. And he, he puts that in kind of a progressive sense. This is his life as it is yours. And then he says at the end, after this pouring out of his agony, as you're pouring out yours, he says, oh, wretched man, or you would say, oh, wretched woman that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Now, you can say that, right, Kathy? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> because, and there be reminded, Jesus said, how many times are we supposed to forgive others, Kathy? I'll give you a little Bible quiz. Uh, 77 times 7? Yes, yeah, 70 times 7, that's right. That's a lot. And, you know, frankly, as I, it was with you, I think to myself, wow, that would test my patience if somebody had to come to me 490 times in a day and ask, and ask for forgiveness. But, wow, that, that reflects the perfect patience of your God, Kathy. You know what? I'm gonna let, no, I never thought of it that way. Uh, yeah. well, go, well, good, right. good, good. Think of it like that. And what else? We're gonna. What? I'm, I'm. I'm not taking this away from Pastor John. I'm gonna let you chat with Pastor John after the break. But any? What other things are are coursing through your soul right now? Then we'll hear a message from the voice of the visit to the pastor's study, and we'll let Pastor John draw from the wells of his experience. What? What else vexes you? Well, I feel I feel that, you know, since I am so sinful and since God has given me this gift that I cannot believe because, you know, I would not sacrifice one of my children for for anybody or anything, you know, I feel that, you know, maybe I'm not loving God enough. Maybe, you know, I don't know, do you have instructions for... <laughs> I, <laughs> Kathy, I don't know. we never love yeah. God enough. We never repent enough. We never believe enough. I believe, help my unbelief. There's why, Kathy, praise the Lord that you and all people who trust in Jesus can say, I have a perfect righteousness in the Lord Jesus. He was the only one who loved God with all of his heart, strength, soul, and mind. And that righteousness is yours. And listeners, it's yours to all of you who turn from yourself unto Jesus. That's a great start, Kathy. Now, you stay on the phone because we're going to hear from the voice of a visit to the pastor's study. Remember, our topic today is, Am I a True Christian? Our caller is Kathy, and my guest pastor is Pastor John Shishko of Reformation Presbyterian Church in Fresh Meadows, Queens, New York. And I'm going to let Pastor John interact with Kathy right after we hear this message from the voice of a visit to the pastor's study. 
It's not enough to listen to pastors on the radio or to watch them on television. Everyone needs a biblically faithful pastor and everyone needs a biblically faithful church. A Visit to the Pastor's Study is a ministry of the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches in the metropolitan New York area. We're no substitute for a faithful pastor in a local church, but we are a supplement. Visit our website, www.visitthepastorsstudy.org, and you can bring the ministry of this program right to your electronic device. Here you'll find archives of past programs, a weekly message from Pastor Bill's Pastor's Post, helps for pastors, helps for congregation members, material for officer training, and much more. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. And we also invite you to contact the host of this program, Pastor Bill Shishko. You can email him at visitpastorbill at gmail.com. He'd love to hear from you so that he can bring his pastoral ministry to you personally. That's visitpastorbill at gmail.com. Remember, everyone needs a pastor. And now back to today's edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. I'm your host, Pastor Bill Shishko. Today's topic, Am I a True Christian? You can text your questions about that or anything else any time of the week. And that text question number... 516-367-0391. Put that under Pastor Bill. 516-367-0391. Or you can call my study, 516-593-1507. You'll get my electronic secretary who will very obligingly take your message, and I'll get back to you as soon as possible. My study number, 516-593-1507. Or you can just email me, as you heard, Visit Pastor Bill. That's all one easy word. Visit Pastor Bill at gmail.com. But for now, caller Kathy and Pastor John Shishko are with me in the studio. We're dealing with the topic Am I a true Christian? Pastor John, give some pastoral help to Kathy. Hey, Kathy. Um, hey. Yeah, I, I know that as I've struggled with these things and worked with others who have as well, the emphasis almost always ends up being on self instead of on Christ. And I, I think that when we have a fuller vic- picture of Christ and his grace, um, that's what's necessary, and then things begin to change. So I know a friend of mine and I always say it's not how well, but who. Yeah. And um, that you know, it's a critical thing to remember. It's not how well, but who. If we're going to talk about how much we love God, it's never enough. If we're going to talk about how bad we feel for our sins, the answer is never enough. If we are going to talk about how quickly we sin after repenting, it's going to be always way too soon after we <laughs> ask for forgiveness for what we're, we've been doing. So anytime our performance in any way, shape, or form is bigger, looms larger, and the grace of God in Jesus Christ, then really Jesus Christ, the person, uh, we're going to struggle with assurance because we're not God. And, you know, that's actually something you could be thankful for. You could be thankful for that, that the Lord gives you this uneasiness, this, um, uh, wow, you know, what's going on in my life? I'm not sure I'm a Christian. It's a call to look to Christ all over again and to see perfect righteousness there and to see um, someone who always loved God with heart, strength, soul, and mind perfectly and never even needed to repent because he never sinned in the first place and uh, was completely dedicated in heart, strength, soul, and mind and all of his actions and all of his deeds. 
it's just a constant call to look back to him and and to pray to him and to love him and to um adore him all over i i don't think it's can be said better than you, you know you're in a sense relax and uh, I, I forget what pastor exactly said this but re- relax your sins are worse than you could ever imagine but god's grace is greater than your sin i, I think it was jack miller who actually said that but you know there's a lot to that re- relax your sins are greater than you could ever imagine thank god he doesn't give you a full view of what your sins are but relax your savior is greater than you, even your sins um so it needs to become an opportunity for worshiping the one savior available the only savior who actually came and took your sins on him and when you're convicted of how terrible your sins are then remind yourself of the depth of the sin that Christ took on the cross because he did it not just for you but for all of his people oh okay that that's very that's really very helpful because sometimes I feel like I almost want to separate from people completely and just concentrate on, on God and what Jesus did for me and I almost feel like not even talking to anyone or anything just just, just to keep myself in a state of, I'm going to call it a state of grace, so that you know that I'm right with him because we're talking about our eternity. Sure. Yeah. It's just a little overwhelming. It is overwhelming, and I, I, I think again though to think about, you, you turn it to Christ and His people, and you realize, you know, um, there's no temptation that is unique to a person. Um, that's in the First Corinthians ten thirteen. So yeah. whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're going through, is not unique to you. And in fact, part of the reason you're going through it is so that you can speak to other people and and uh, one another, one another, and hold on, hold hands with somebody else, and say, you know what, I struggle with these things too. And what's helped me is looking to Christ all over again and realizing it's not how well but who I believe in. It's not how well I perform, but who I believe in. And no matter who, no matter what Christian you're talking to, it's always the case. Their sins are worse than they could ever imagine. But relax, you know, Jesus Christ's grace is greater. That's how great his grace is. I don't, I don't think it would be possible to even begin to understand the depth of his grace if we weren't somewhat aware of how bad our sins were. And a lot of times that's what the Lord is doing in our lives is saying, no, as hard as it is for you to see, as hard as it is for you, uh, a pill for you to swallow, this really is how bad you are, a hell-deserving sinner. And apart from intervening grace that comes in and takes you off of that track and puts you on a track towards um, eternal bliss with Christ, you know, there would be no hope. And the Lord uses that in the life of his saints, and it's painful, and it, it, there's anguish involved with it, but it's not how well, but who. And you can always, always say that to yourself. It's not it's not how well I'm loving. It's not how well I'm performing. It's not how badly I'm sinning. It's who I'm looking to. Uh, am I looking to Christ right now? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is yes, then you're a Christian, and and um, no, nothing can take that from you. Yeah. Kathy, let me add one other thing, too, to the counsel. I am silently amening Pastor John here. 
You know, Kathy, you mentioned keeping yourself in the grace of God. And it is interesting that, that the writer Jude said we're to keep ourselves in the love of God, and that's by constantly dwelling on it. But, but I think, Kathy, it's so important for you to keep in mind, and when you're done on the phone here, go read the text. In the book of First Peter chapter 1, uh, Peter uses the beautiful term kept or guarded. We are, we are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. I have an elder in the former church that I served. He said, I want one word on my gravestone, kept. <laughs> and Kathy, you are kept by the by the sovereign power of your wonderful God. Well, that, that's that's very comforting for me to hear, um, but I, I don't want to get lax, you know. Ah, don't get lax. Okay. <laughs> you won't, you won't, Kathy. Hey, thanks so much for the phone call today, Kathy. We appreciate that on the whole question of uh, how do I know I'm a Christian, Pastor John. Tell us a bit about the church you pastor. Rom pastor in Queens, New York. So just uh, one of the five boroughs of New York City. And we meet in a public school, Public School 173, at 17410 67th Avenue. Our uh, website is queensreformation.org, queensreformation.org. And uh, we're a congregation of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. We rent the public school so that we can have worship every Sunday. We have worship in the morning and then Sunday school for the kids and a Bible study for the adults and then um, a prayer meeting that's interspersed with refreshments and coffee hour and um would love for anybody to join us where there's not too too many reformed churches in the in the tri-state area but we are one of them and try to conscientiously and consciously and um regularly preach and teach the reformed faith as it's found in the scriptures thanks pastor john thanks so much for being with us today now some time for counsel from the pastor bill's study uh, from the Bible, as far as assurance goes, the New Testament book of First John is full of the marks of true faith. And if you need a Bible, just request a copy that you can send to me at the address we'll give them below. Also, the great classic on this subject, The Christian's Great Interest by William Guthrie. You can request a copy at visitpastorbill at gmail.com. The Christian's Great Interest by William Guthrie. The Westminster Confession of Faith, this one in modern English, is edited by Roland Ward in chapter 18 on assurance of grace and salvation has wonderful words about assurance. Listen to them. Hypocrites and other unregenerate persons may vainly deceive themselves with false hopes and worldly presumptions that they're in God's favor and in the state of salvation. This hope of theirs will perish. However, those who truly believe in the Lord Jesus and love him in sincerity endeavoring to conduct themselves in all good conscience before him, may, in this life, be certainly assured that they're in a state of grace and may rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, a hope that will never disappoint them. This certainty, says the Westminster Confession of Faith on Assurance of Grace and Salvation, this certainty is not mere conjecture and probability based on a fallible hope, but is an infallible assurance arising from saving faith and based on the divine truth of the promises of salvation. The evidence in our hearts of those graces to which these promises are made and the testimony of the spirit of adoption, witnessing with our spirits that we're children of God. The Holy Spirit is the down payment guaranteeing our inheritance, and by him we are sealed for the day of redemption. 
The relationship of this infallible assurance to the essence of faith is such that a true believer may wait long and contend with many difficulties before he or she experiences it. However, being enabled by the Spirit to know the things freely given him from God, he may attain to this assurance in the right use of ordinary means without extraordinary revelation, and therefore it is the duty of everyone to be as diligent as possible to make his calling and election sure so that his or her heart may be enlarged in peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, in love and thankfulness to God, and in strength and cheerfulness in the duties of obedience. These and not carelessness are the natural consequences flowing from assurance of salvation. And true believers, true believers may have the assurance of their salvation in different ways, shaken, diminished, or temporarily absent. This may result from carelessness in preserving it or from falling into some special sin which wounds the conscience and grieves the spirit or from some sudden and very strong temptation or by God's withdrawal of the light of his countenance and allowing even those who fear him to walk in darkness and to have no light. And yet true believers are never utterly deprived of the nature which is born of God, the life of faith, the love of Christ and of other believers, or of sincerity of heart and conviction of duty. And as a result of the presence of these graces, their assurance may in due time be revived through the working of the Spirit, while in the meantime they are kept from utter despair. Thank the Lord. Thanks for listening today. Check out the archives of past Visit to the Pastor's Study programs on sermonaudio.com or our own visitthepastorsstudy.org website. And you can email me, visitpastorbill at gmail.com if you'd like. Remember, Sunday is the Lord's Day. Set apart time to worship the Lord in a church that is faithful to the Word of God. And remember, everyone needs a pastor. You've been listening to this week's A Visit to the Pastor's Study, a ministry of Reformation Metro New York Incorporated in the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches of Metropolitan New York and Connecticut. For more information on the program, check out our website at www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. Listen in next week for another Visit to the Pastor's Study. Remember, everyone needs a pastor.